Well, hello and welcome to Wednesday night Bible study online. Uh, this is our third session with this, I think. So again, we're still in 1 Corinthians. We're looking at chapter 6 again tonight. Um, I'm so glad to have you. Just, I just want to say thank you all so much for the, the birthday wishes. Uh, today is my birthday and I am the ripe old age of 45. So I am I'm officially pushing 50. Um, so um, anyway, thank you. Um, birthday in the quarantine is uh, lots of fun. I got to spend a good, good amount of time with my family today, and they've made it a very special day for me. So I appreciate them, and I appreciate all of you for your, your words of, of well wishes and, and your encouragement and love um, through all this. I love you, and I, I am praying for you all every day, and I hope you, hope you know that. And um, I just, I can't wait till we can all get back together again. Uh, this is so uh, different, uh, but that's okay. We're making the, mess, the best of it and making a mess of it and, <laughs> and the best of it. So uh, hopefully, um, hopefully you're getting something out of it. But uh, I just, I want to pray before we go into the word and uh, then we're going to get right to it. So if you'll, if you'll join with me and open our hearts and minds to receive from what uh, from the Lord what he has for us today. Father God, we come to you in the name of Jesus and we thank you so much once again for your word. It is precious, it is holy, it is righteous. It is a sure and solid foundation upon which we can build. Father, I pray tonight that as as we step through it and we look at at the structure and the meaning behind it, Lord, that you you just open it up for us like a flower. Help us to see the treasure that is in it. Um, let it be honey sweet to us, Lord, and precious to our soul. Father, I pray for the humility to be able to pull ourselves up underneath this word so that we can conform ourselves to it and be ever more like the image of our Savior, Jesus Christ. We bless your holy name, O Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Well, let's get into it. We're going to go to the iPad and, uh, and look at the, the text. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. See you in a minute. Okay, here we are back in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Let's read the whole passage. Um, I believe last week we got down through verse uh, 14, I think. So uh, we'll pick up in 15, but we want to read the whole thing just for context because this is a continuing thought here and we do not want to break it up lest we uh, uh, fall into the trap of misinterpreting what it is that Paul is saying. So let's go ahead and read uh, 12 through 20. So here we go. Paul says, All things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be dominated by anything. Food is meant for the stomach, and the stomach for food. And God will destroy both, one and the other. The body is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord, and the Lord for the body. And God raised the Lord, and will also raise us up by His power. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of a prostitute? Never. Or do you not know that he who is joined to a prostitute becomes one with her? For as it is written, the two shall become one flesh. But he who is joined to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. Flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body, but sexually immoral person sins against his own body. Or do you not know that the body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. 
So glorify God in your body. So that's the passage. Um, but I, I believe that this passage can be broken up into three different sections. Uh, and if, if we were to do that, because and we covered the last section last week. So I, I believe we're looking at verses 12 through um, 14. That's section 1. I'll just go ahead and section that off just for visuals. And then the next section will be 15 through 17. And then we have 18 through the end. So in, in the section, in this section one, Paul is addressing, so he's making one long, oh, I wouldn't say long, he's making one main argument here about why we ought to keep ourselves for God and why we can't just do whatever we want to do. Um, there is freedom, but there is also holiness. So Paul, in, he, in the first section, Paul is addressing their flawed logic. And we talked about that last week, where he just obliterates their logic. All things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. You say that what's meant for the stomach is meant for the stomach, and the stomach is meant for food, and, but God's going to destroy them both. And they're trying to use that logic to justify, you know, satisfying any kind of old desires that they have. So um, Paul destroys their logic there. Well, then the second section, Paul talks about why not only why that's bad logic, but he talks about the consequences of what happens when you apply this logic to your life. So this, this is what comes of it in section two. And then in section three, he says, well, there's a better way. And this is why we shouldn't let, this is why we shouldn't follow this chain of events here. So this is the better way in section three. So verse 15 um, and let's let's look at, at this that section fifteen through seventeen, and we will uh, we'll try to break those down. And if we get to the rest of it tonight, we'll get to the rest of it. Otherwise, we'll do it next week. But so I like to look at the when especially when reading Paul when reading any of the argumentative uh, epistles. You know, a lot of the New Testament is structured this way, where they're making arguments. They're trying to convince people of the better way or of their sin or that Christ is all in all. And so they build arguments. And so I like to see how the argument is built because I feel like that helps us. If I can understand the way the argument flows, then I can understand what the author is trying to get at, what he wants me to take from this argument. So if, if I had to build this argument and look at the structure of what it is that Paul is saying, I think I would start with verse 17. Uh, right here at the bottom, where he says, He who is joined with the Lord becomes one spirit with, the, with him. I believe that is the foundational statement. That's the, uh, the first brick, if you will. Or, or we could put it this way. That is, that is the end of the funnel. Everything that Paul drops in to this funnel trickles down to this, this statement right here. So, and this is very important. Um, this statement right here that Paul is giving, that everyone who is joined to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. So let's just, let's call that one. That's the foundational one. And then from there, which means, everyone who's joined to the Lord becomes one spirit with him, which, which means, number two, that we are members of Christ. So that's 15. 
Do you not know that you're members of Christ? So let's take verse 15, and that's going to be number 2. So, number 3, so if you join yourself to another, you're members of that person also. That's, that's 16. We're going to call it 16a, because 16 is split up into two sections. So the first part of 16, if you join yourself to a prostitute, don't you know you become a member with that prostitute? Essentially saying, you are members of Christ, number two. So if you join yourselves to a prostitute, you're, you're joining your, you are join, in just the same way, you're joining yourself to the prostitute, not just to Christ. So you have welcomed somebody else into this holy union. And then finally... Um, Paul says, for as it is written, the two will become one flesh. That, see that for? That's because. So all of this, all of this here, because it is written that two shall become one flesh. So there are, when two are joined together, they become one. They become one. Now there's, it's interesting that this word flesh here, he's not talking about one body. He's talking about the whole person. And we all know that, that sexual uh, intimacy between people is not just a physical act. There is much more going on than just pleasuring or satisfying the flesh. There's, there's mental aspects, emotional aspects of it, uh, psychological for sure. And this, it affects the whole person. Just as becoming one with Christ, one in spirit with the Lord it, it affects the whole person. You are a new creation in Christ, and when you are joined in Christ, your, your body is to be holy because this is not just a physical thing. It's a whole person thing. So that would be number, number four. So I, I believe that is the funnel of the argument. That is how the, Paul is, is organizing this. So basically everything funnels down to this statement here, one spirit with God. We become one spirit with God. Everything funnels down to there. So let's look at what, what is, I mean, so that's the structure. And the structure is great. That helps me understand how to get to where Paul is getting. So we need to look at, though, what does he mean by being, what does all this mean? How does this practically apply? How does this spiritually apply to us? What's the big deal, Paul? What does it mean when you say we become one spirit with him? What does it mean to be members of? Of, of Christ? What does it mean to be joined um, and become one, one body? So let's look at the top one, verse 15. What does it mean to be members of Christ? Because I think that when we get down here to one spirit with him, this is, this is where the crux of the argument is, and this is where the real danger of the argument comes from, because we are members of Christ. So if we'll look at, there's another passage in 1 Corinthians. So same book, same author. Paul is writing in 1 Corinthians, and it's chapter 12. Let me get down there to it. 1 Corinthians 12, 27. Paul says, now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. You, that's me, are the body of Christ. We all know that's the church and individually members. So individually, that's me and you, every individual person are members of it, the church. We are members of 
the church, the body of Christ. So that's who he's talking about when he says you are members of Christ back in verse 15. We are, he's talking about you are part of the church. The church is the body of Christ, and we individually make up the pieces of that body. Just like you have a finger, you have an eye, or two eyes, you have more than one finger, hopefully, uh, two arms, two legs, all the individual organs, down to the, at the cellular level, all the individual cells and, and, and you know, bacteria and all that stuff, making up your body and doing its job, everybody's job, for the good of the body. And when one suffers, we all suffer. So you stub your toe, you feel it all over. So that's the real issue here that Paul is talking about. Paul has been talking about the church ever since chapter 1, the first few verses, the first verses of chapter 1. You know, he's been talking about his love of the church and a protection of the church. Paul has been talking about that for a while. He is deeply concerned for the church. So Paul wants a healthy church. A healthy church. That's what Paul is after. And I think that tied up in, in this definition of what it means to be a, a healthy church, we can see three different things that Paul is after. The first thing that he's after in a healthy church, I think, is unity. And we see that in chapters 1 through 3. You know, Paul is talking about the, um, oh, in chapters 1 through 3, I, I hear that you guys are arguing about who follows who and, and, you know, who's got the upper hand and who's more holy. And I can't believe you guys are arguing about that. And so Paul it says, you know, there's division among you and there doesn't need to be because we are one body. There's, you know, one plants, one waters. God brings the increase. None of you have a reason to brag. So Paul wants unity in the church. And that is very important to have unity among the church. We do not need to be arguing among one another, right, within sight. Because if, if there's a cancer on the inside, that cancer will eat its way throughout the whole body. And it can, we, I've seen disunity destroy churches. And I'm sure you all have seen that thing too where someone gets in there and they start sowing seeds of discord and, and people start backbiting and backtalking, have their little secret conferences and all that, all that stuff, and people don't bring things out into the open. They're not, they're not open and loving with one another, and it brings a lot of disunity, and it'll destroy, it will destroy a congregation, and it will destroy a local church. The church on the whole, of course, is not destroyed, but that can destroy a local congregation for sure. Um, and we do not want to see anything like that going on in, in our body, for sure. We want unity in the body. That's what Paul is after, especially in this letter to the church at Corinth. You guys, he said, you guys need to get it together and act right and love one another. And then the second thing that he needs to see, the second thing that Paul is after, is purity. He wants a pure church. A spotless bride for Christ. Now, Christ is the Christ is the actor here. Jesus is the one that makes us 
spotless. You know, the Bible says that Christ presents the bride to himself a spotless bride. But Paul is saying we can't ignore our, our part in that. We have to be willing to act in purity, to pursue purity. And Paul wants, he wants a physically pure and spiritually pure and doctrinally pure church. So he's looking for us to not only talk the talk, but walk the walk. He wants us to make sure that we are rightly dividing the word of truth. So Paul is looking for a pure church on behalf of Christ. So Paul, this is not Paul's church. This is Christ's church. Paul is an apostle of Christ. Paul isn't setting himself up. He's looking for a church that is pure on Christ, for Christ. He wants to be able to present uh, look, you know, uh, teach that, and 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 grow a church that is that is pure for Christ. And then the third thing that I believe Paul is looking for is is a church that has a strong public witness. And maybe strong is not the right word because as a church, our public witness is strong no matter what. The question is, what is our public witness? Is it a good witness? Is it a holy witness? Or is it a wicked witness? So I'm going to say he wants a holy witness. And we can see Paul is addressing that here in, in chapter 6. All back here, purity, we can see that talked about in chapter 5. These are, these are some things that Paul is looking for. Paul is wanting the church to stand up and be these things. We want you to be united, uh, one, one body. We want you to be pure, pure physically, spiritually, and doctrinally. We want you to have a strong, holy, righteous public witness. And this is important because we are all members of the church. And when one, again, when one suffers, we all suffer. When, when one is out and, and doing things that are not right, it besmirches, and that's, I love that word, besmirch. It just is fun to say. It puts a bad name on the whole church. It makes the whole church look bad. And you guys know this. You see when, when people are quoted on television, especially prominent church leaders, when they fall into sin and they fall into scandal, it makes the whole church look bad. The world at large looks at that one person and that one person's sin, and because of that one person, they judge in their in their own wisdom, they judge the whole church and say, well, they're all hypocrites or they're all uh, just like that. And so they, it makes the whole church look bad. And so that's that's bad. We don't want Christ's church to look undesirable to the world, because that's the church's job, is to make Christ look glorious and desirable. And, and But let's say, let's say you don't really care for the organization. You, you, you're, you look at this from an organizational standpoint, and you're not real concerned with the, the organizational aspect of the church. You don't really care that the church looks bad, because the, or you, we are the church, I'm a member of the church, my, it's not a building, it's not, it's, I'm the church. And you know, there's a lot of that going around today, for, for sure. I don't think you can call yourself the church. I think we are church together, not individually. But just in case that is your, your outlook on it, let me show you what Paul says in Romans. So here we are in Romans chapter 12, 
verse 5, Paul says, so we, this is Paul, the same author now in, in Corinthians, who is writing this passage that we're looking at today. He wrote this right here. So we get an idea, a, a broader vision, a broader understanding of what Paul means. He says, so we, though many, we, that's us, that's the believers, though many, there's a lot of us, are one body in Christ, that's the church. So we are all members of the church, but look at what he says next. And individually members of what? Or should I say who? One of another. We are joined, we, we comprise, we make up the church, we are joined to each other. So this puts a whole new level on when one hurts, we all hurt. When one gets a bad name, we all get a bad name. So what Paul is saying is that when you go out and you're doing this stuff that he's talking about up here in verse 15 uh, through, through 17, when you go out and you apply that, that wicked logic that we saw in verses 12 through 14, and you come to this section in verses 15 through 17 where you, you think you can do whatever you want to do and just satisfy your own desires and do whatever, without regard for the other members or the, or the body of Christ, when you do that, not only are you hurting the church corporately, you're hurting the individual members of the church. Individual members of the church. You all, don't you know that he who is joined to a prostitute becomes one body with her? The individual members of the church are being given a bad name as well. And I'm sure that you all... it. Surely, you all, if you do any kind of witnessing at all, if you do any kind of uh, evangelism or trying to speak to someone about Christ, especially someone who may have been hurt by the church, you know that they hold that against you personally as well. I don't know. I've witnessed it in myself. I've witnessed it in my own life, where because someone got hurt at another church by someone who wasn't being a good Christian, who was not living the right way, but still called themselves Christian and still took the name of Christ upon them and the name of the church upon them. Not only does the church look bad, the church as a as a unit, as a structure, but so do the individuals who are in that unit. So do the individuals who call themselves Christians, who call themselves members of the church. And that is that brings out individual hostility to us all. So we are all members of the body of Christ, yes. And that makes us members of one another. You know, there's a other uh, passage in the Bible. Can the foot uh, say to the, the rest of the body, I have no need of you? I mean, a foot can't be a foot on its own. I guess it could, but what good is it? So we need one another, and we are all members of one another. Our public witness depends upon all of us living the right life, living according to the Scripture, living a life that glorifies God and makes Him look precious, makes him look desirable, makes him look more lovely, more satisfying. Let's put that more satisfying than the world. And that's what we want Christ to appear to be to the world through our witness. And that, so that's, this is where we're at in, in these these few verses. This is the consequences. When you all behave in ways, Paul says, when you behave in ways that aren't, aren't right, you are bringing 
a reproach upon not only the church, which is God's Christ's spotless bride, but you are bringing a reproach on each other, every other member of the church. So it, even if you even if you're not one of those people who think who care about the church at large, you ought to care about your own reputation for sure. And if you care about your own reputation as Christian, then you should care about the church at large. And so we need to be walking in a in a way that is righteous, in a way that is humble before God, humble to the scriptures. And that's what Paul is saying here. So, of course, naturally, we're not going to get to the rest of it. I think I've already gone uh, too long tonight as it is. But So we'll get to the rest, 18 through 20, next week. And there's a whole lot that Paul has to say right there. I can't wait to cover that with you guys. I hope this is being beneficial to you. It is different. Um, but um, hang in there with us. You know, this is not going to last forever. So we will, we will be able to meet again soon face-to-face, -face, hopefully. I, I do enjoy the back and forth that we have when we come face-to-face. -face. So anyway, with that being said, I'm going to pray, and then I'll let you guys go. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just, we just love you. Even in the middle of uh, turmoil and uncertainty where everything seems like it's just not going right, uh, and people are you know, shut in, and governments and businesses are locked down, Lord, we know that you are still on your throne, you are still in control, and this has not caught you off guard. And we thank you that we can come together like this digitally, even though not personally, we can still come together and study your word and, and look in, and find the deep riches in it. Father, I pray that you will help us, Family Worship Center, to be a healthy church. I pray that you will help us to display your unity, to display purity, and to have a, a, a righteous public witness individually, Lord, and corporately. Rest on our hearts so that we desire these things, so that we want to make Christ appear glorious to a lost and dying world. Father, we love you. We thank you. Keep us all safe. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Bless you guys. I love you. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.